Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. I'm Molly. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. And today we are talking about the most magical place on earth, or as Blair might call it. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give any spoilers, but Blair had one kind of experience at good old Disney World. Other people have had other kinds of experiences. We're going to hear from Blair today. Bless them. We're going to... (laughs) We're mostly just going to be chatting about Disney. Mm -hmm. And if you've decided that it's the right place for you or not, this might help you out with that decision. And then if you've decided it is a place you want to visit, we'll talk about maybe what the best age to go is. Not for you. (laughs) 35 (laughs) for your kids. What the best age for kids? It definitely ain't 41. <laughs> <laughs> so Blair, we literally Blair got home two days ago from Disney. And how long were you there for? Mm-hmm. A week. So I know almost nothing about this trip because A, I'm a bad friend. And B, we didn't really have time to talk about it before you left. We didn't have time to talk. We didn't have time. And I didn't have time to, so I didn't have time to do anything the entire time I was there. Really? Now, did you stay in a Disney hotel? No, we stayed outside. My husband, pre-me has a timeshare <clears throat> so we like you can like hop around on it so we stayed at a timeshare near the dis it was like 10 minutes away was it in Kissimmee? it was in like orlando proper oh it was fold on wall oh great so you had a place you were 10 minutes away so did you drive in and park at the park yes we did how was parking what is that like well see this is the thing i'm married to someone who don't like to be inconvenienced at any time. Okay. Whereas like, I'm an actor, so I'm used to like waiting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I have just like a very small like cushion of my life where I can wait for things. Right. You know, or I can be inconvenienced, not my husband. So we got the premier parking. We went to, we did not get the park hopper. We went to three different parks, three different days. You went to three different parks, three different days. Mm -hmm. What is the park hopper? Tell me about park hopper. Park Hopper is when you can, like, part of the pass. Okay. Part of the price. <laughs> Disney and your prices and all the things that you have people buy. Mm-hmm. But it's a thing you can add on to your ticket to after 3 o'clock, I think it is. You can hop to all the different parks. So you can, like, take the monorail or you can drive. But we didn't do that because we have a three- and five-year-old. So we decided to just, like, stay where we were each and every time. So we went to Magical Kingdom, Magical Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Epcot. I don't know. I don't think I remember Animal Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. It's like a safari. Like, could you kind of drive through? Yes. It's where they have the safari. It's where they have the flight of the people that James Cameron. What's that James Cameron? Oh, like Avatar? Avatar. Avatar thing. There's a whole, there's a whole section. It's very cool of the Avatar people. Oh, that's interesting. And that's an Animal Kingdom, even though that is a movie about blue aliens of some kind. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, Disney, you get it. You get it, Disney. You get it. The Disney, you got it. I'm going to put this, my ignorance of Disney into perspective a little bit for our listeners. Yeah. I don't know that much about Disney. Boom. That's it. That's the explanation. I didn't either. I still don't. Yes. Well, no, you know more than a lot of people. You just got back. But we went to Disney when I was a kid. And this is one of the things I looked up in preparation for this episode was like the best age, because I will be honest with you. I think I missed the window. You were too old? Of when, 
I was too old. But here's the thing. I wasn't that old. I was like nine or ten. Yeah. But here's the perspective shift is that I had a sister who's four years older than me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if I was nine or ten and I had a six-year-old sibling and a four-year-old sibling, yeah. my perspective would have been different. Instead, she's like, fake, fake. That's fake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. She was maybe not as mesmerized by the magic of it. And I think that certainly influenced me. And also, we didn't grow up with a Disney family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know one of my dear to this day, dear friends, I remember her going to Disney when we were in like sixth grade, so 11 or 12 years old. And she was so prepared. She was so like you went to her room and she had one of her shelves of like treasures was all Disney stuff. And I get that. I get the magic of Disney. I truly do. I actually, now that I have a five-year-old, I love Disney movies. Mm-hmm. hmm hmm I had seen them when I was a kid, but we didn't... I don't know how to say it. I just wasn't surrounded by it. So I think when I went to Disney World, it felt like a big, fun amusement park. Right. But it wasn't exploring the magic of my youth. Right. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to the mecca of characters. Molly. Nail head hit. I believe that there, first of all, I have to say this, that we grew up, like our generation was very much like Disney or not. It feels that way. Disney was a thing and Disney World and Disneyland was a place to go, right? And there were families who like did it and did it a lot or it was like fervent, this is what we're doing vacation. I did not have that because I grew up in Germany. In fact, this is a PSA to Peggy and Chuck Brooks. Euro Disney opened while we were there. I begged them to go. They would not take me. Where's that? In Paris? It's in Paris. <sighs> Still not over that. But since I've been to Florida, I'm good. We're good. Thank you. You've checked it. I've checked it. I got it. Since I went on that initial trip when I was nine or ten, I have been to Disney World. I was doing some improv shows down there, and mm-hmm. we had a couple friends who were involved with the parks who were able to walk us in. But we were, this is as adults, as people in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Mm. And they very nicely walked us in, and we even got a few fast passes and stuff. And it was really fun, but it was certainly from the perspective of an adult. Mm-hmm. And I also went, I think, once or twice to Disneyland out in California. Again, as an adult. Super fun. Also, as an actor, like, I'm looking at the people playing the characters, and I want to kind of check in with them and be like, how are you? Yep. Are you, are you okay? You okay? You're hot? You you're okay? Mm-hmm. Do you need water? Are you okay? Because working for Disney is, you know, that's an episode in and of itself. So because of that perspective, when we are talking to Blair today about her <laughs> experience in Disney, a lot of it, and I haven't done the research yet. Okay. I have a five and a half year old. When I say doing the research, I mean for a trip to Disney, not for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> But I have a five and a half year old and it, I almost feel like I'm behind the eight ball because I'm like, oh gosh, how am I going to get him there before the magic dies <laughs> in his heart? Like, but then I was sitting here today preparing for this episode. My husband came in and I turned to him with, I'm sure, a panic in my eyes. And I said, David, we have to get him to Disney soon. We have to plan this. And I said, it can't be too late. When I went, it was too late. And David kind of laughed and was like kind of taking it lightly. Listeners, Blair, I burst into tears. Am I in an emotional place right now anyway? Yes. Yes, I am. But I also was like, this isn't funny. I'm like, I don't want him to miss this window. I also have a hang up of us missing things. Like last year, we like missed sign up for summer camp. So this year we signed up really early. Like 
I'm starting to figure out that as a parent, your job is mostly just to not miss signups. Like that's your job. <laughs> that is you. That's your after birth comes. Don't miss signups. Don't miss signups. And I feel like in a few places I've dropped the ball and I'm like, I can't drop the Disney ball. It's a big ball. It's a big ball. And then David started to laugh. He started not really laugh. And he was like, oh, my gosh, you're really crying. He kind of came over and comforted me. And he said, the reason why I was laughing is because this is what Disney wants us to do. One hundred percent. Feel bad about not having gotten there yet. And I'm like, it does feel like a rite of passage or like some kind of a mark of childhood. Yeah. Regardless of how incredibly inaccessible it is to so many parents, it's so expensive. Yes. Molly, I'm going to say it. And I'm not apologizing for it. I'm going to stand in my truth. I'm going to stand in my belief that I think that Disney, as magical, as joyful as the moment we had Several moments where I looked into my children's eyes and I got the hazy eyes. I got the fuzzy eyes. I'm sure I'll weep openly. Yes. I had. But those moments did not trump the inaccessibility that I saw. You mean financial inaccessibility or? Financial inaccessibility that I saw. The consumerism that is plagued by Disney. The unhealthy choices in food really bothered me. And I just felt like I did not have a good time. There I said it. And I just felt like I was consumed by consumerism. And I just felt like they were out to take my money. And then it made me feel bad that this is such a rite of passage for so many Americans. And how people are literally saving thousands of dollars to do this for this kind of experience. And it's just... I don't know. It bothered me. It bothered me the entire time. I could not. And I couldn't let it go. Right. I couldn't let it go. Do you feel like when you look back, because a lot of people's Disney memories are made before they have memories like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is childhood in general that we look at photographs or videos and that is what shapes our memories. And also seeing and hearing the joy in our parents' eyes and words when they're telling us about the pictures. Oh, and then you loved this. And then, oh, it's a small world after all. Do you think you're going to be able to muster that kind of joy? Or do you think that... How do we keep our experiences as adults from the perspective of the money we spent? The this, the that, the consumerism, the fact that so many kids aren't able to enjoy this and yet it's expected of the parents. How do we keep that from our kids' memories of this? Or do we have to? I personally feel as I was like you know, experiencing this and then how I grew up as a kid. And granted, I jest about Peggy and Chuck not taking me to Euro Disney because <laughs> what they solidly did for me and which I thank them for is instead of going to Euro Disney, they took me to Paris. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They took me to Paris. They took me to outside of Paris. My mom took me on trains to flea markets outside of, you know, on the border of France and Germany. It was all about experiences. Those are the things that I remember. It's like Toni Morrison says, it's not about, I'm going to flub this quote, but it's a child doesn't think about the things they did. It's how it made them feel. Oh, yes, yes. Right? So it's like, can I tell you that we've been talking, not incessantly about this trip, but when we talk about this trip that we just made, do you know what my children talk about? How the bug show that we went to go see in Animal Kingdom freaked them completely out to where my five-year-old was screaming and we had to leave. It was a show of epic poo-poo-ski. 
And we have sat down and been like, oh, how was the trip? Did you got what was your favorite part? Inevitably, it's why was the bugs so scary? Why was the bugs farting at us? Because it was like one of those 3D shows where you put on the glasses and then they get like the spray and the it was a nightmare. (laughs) And that is what they are talking about. So truly, of all the things that they experience, meeting Tiana, uh uh-huh, meeting Snow White, meeting Mickey, the Ratatouille ride, which is almost worth the entire trip. Right. My children talk about how freaked out they were by the bug show. Y'all, I'm just saying, I really just think that it's about, I think as parents, we have to lift this guilt and this thing that we do to like make memories and make things happen and make it special and make it nice. We have to take that out of it because literally children will take from it what they want. These kids will take from it what they will, right? And I don't know. I feel like less is more. They were really overwhelmed. I think like even walking around like Magic Kingdom, there's so much to take in, you know, for their little tiny brains. The stimulus, yeah. And you could tell that from a lot of the kids, there was breakdowns everywhere. There was screaming everywhere. You know, it's a lot. It was hotter than the Dickens. It was Florida it was swelter- in it was summer. Sweltering hot, sweltering. I wouldn't. I'll never go again. But I'll never go in in the summer time for sure. Yeah, we'll be right back with more from Blair and some <laughs> some tips on how to make. If you do decide to go to Disney, how to make each age a little bit easier for you. We'll be right back. Uh, stick around. It's January, and for me, that means New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but eating more healthy foods is always on the top of my goal list. Eating healthy is now easier with Hungry Root, and right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungry Root makes it easy to eat healthy. They support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan-vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. I love that Hungry Root recommends recipes and groceries based on my taste. I like to take their suggestions, and I always love what I get. My favorite are their burritos. I can quickly heat up a burrito and have lunch with no hassle. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash toddler. Don't forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. We're back here on Toddler Purgatory with more about Disney. Now, so here's the funny thing, and I just, I told Blair this. When I Googled this exact phrase, (laughs) should... I go to Disneyland. There are 23 million res- results in 0.49 seconds, whatever. But here's the f- page one. Here are the exact titles of page one. 
going to Disneyland this year. Is Disney really worth it? 40 tips to maximize your time at Disneyland. First visit to Disneyland. Should you go to Disneyland alone? Yes, is the answer. A first-timer's guide to Disneyland. Disneyland versus Disney World. Which Disney park is better? Eight reasons why you should visit Disneyland today, etc. And the reason why I bring this up is because there's nothing on page one of the Google search, which is, should I go? That says no. Of course. There's nothing on page one that says no. As we all know, Google is <laughs> a fallacy of truth. And I think that's because Disney has a lot of good stuff about it. And it's also very, very powerful. And I think they, you know, did whatever they had to to alter that first Google page so that you never get a no. Yeah. You never got a no on that first page. And that makes me mm, creeped out. But also, I'm like, oh, it's really hard to get a fair. It is. Like, if you just go online and it's like, should I spend $4,000 on a Disney trip? You won't get a no on that page, one of your Google search. And I don't know how many pages you have to go. (laughs) Where? You will not get a no. You know what you're going to get a no from? This woman right here. Let me explain something to you. Again, I told you I'm married to a man who does not like to be inconvenienced. So, we got this thing called Genie Plus and the Lightning Link, which is the new Fast Pass. Because supposedly, like, the Fast Pass was a little too monetarily disparaging. All the people with more money got to jump in line in front of people like us. <laughs> so we got this lightning lane thing, and it is, you do pay extra for it, but I think it's more accessible to people. So you have, you download the app, and then it tells you how much time it is to wait if the lightning lane is available. The lightning lane was rarely available. That's the gimmick. That's wild. So what is available? Like, is it a lane that they open or was it not available because it was full? It's a lane that they open, but you have to like, I guess, I don't know how it worked. That's the thing. Like everything is just like, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I stood in the Ratatouille line for an hour and 20 minutes because Lightning Lane wasn't available. And when I said, oh, I have Lightning Lane, because they had like Lightning Lane this way, they're like, oh, no, you had to get that earlier. What does that mean? And I was like, earlier, what? Like I had to sign up for it. I had to get a token. Where I got the, I bought it. I have the app. Help me help you. They're like, well, ma'am, you know, everyone's so nice. <laughs> no, it's not available right now. You're just going to have to get in this line and wait. An hour and 20 minutes. You had to have done that earlier. What does that even mean? So in other words, you bought something and the... They didn't make it clear when you bought it how it worked. The intricacies of how it worked. The intricacy. And that's the thing, too, is that you get to the park thinking that the lightning lane is available, right? And then you get there, and then all of a sudden, it's unavailable. It goes, like, gray. <gasps> you're like, what? Oh, that's weird. It's very weird. So that was like, so when you have a three and a five-year-old in 98-degree weather at 150,000% humidity... They can't wait. And then there's not in between the rides. I found at Magical Kingdom and at Animal Kingdom. There's not too many places where you can like hang out in the shade and wait. Right. It's like you either stand in line or you're consuming. You're at a gift shop. That's how they get you. Right. So every time that we needed to just like take a break or something, we're like, you know, hovered with a bunch of people in one spot of shade, (laughs) you know, sipping our waters. I brought snacks in because I refuse to, like, continue to eat, you know, some of the... Do they allow food and drinks to be brought in? 
They do. That they do. You can bring... They don't have many, like, water stations, which I was a little... Like, refillable you know, water stations? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they let you bring a, your water in, but then there's not too many, like, fountains or refillables. In fact, there was only one that I saw at Epcot. Come on. You gotta buy water. So, of course, you're walking around. You gotta buy a bottle of water. Anyway. So, we've heard some frustrating things, but you did say you liked the Ratatouille ride. Listen, let me tell you this. That Ratatouille ride was everything. <laughs> I eat almost all of my words just for that Ratatouille ride. It's 4D. It's very fast, but it is beautifully done. And the one thing that I will say about Disney is like looking around at every park that we went to restored my faith in humanity in the fact that someone's brain, creative brain, someone's creative brain thought up these beautiful, like even in Magic Kingdom, they have this huge tree that's fake, but it looks real. But it's all these like animals carved into it. It's called the tree of life. Oh, I remember that. It's stunning. And the fact that like a human creative brain, someone in their process of like thinking and being created this is just like, I love it. And then Ratatouille ride, it's from the perspective of Remy. Yeah. So you're like in the kitchen, avoiding things. You're getting sprayed by mop water. At one point, you're like underneath the stove. It got real hot. Because Remy's the rat from Ratatouille. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And of course, like, of that ride, my kids were like, why did we get so hot? I'm like, we were under the stove. Burn the stove! It's like, okay, guys, listen. <laughs> anyway, but it was that part of it for me. And being an actor and seeing these people, like the characters. Oh, the costumes. Oh. The costumes and like. Gorgeous. Unfortunately, like post-COVID, there's not too many characters like walking around. Like you have to like, that's another thing you got to stand in line for. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it used to be they just wandered around. Yeah, no, you have to stand in line. You have to go to like special rooms to like visit them and meet with them. But like the commitment to character, I understand there's also like actor inside baseball, <laughs> the fine print, but the commitment to character, how they make the kids feel, seeing the kids light up. There's just like so many like moments where I was just like, oh man, this is worth it. Like beautiful moments. Yeah, just beautiful moments. Could I have had, you know, equally beautiful moments spending far less money? Or no, did I have equally beautiful moments spending far less money at the hotel pool that seemed to be the bigger hit for my children? Right. I remember the hotel pool when I went when I was nine. Listen, the hotel pool will always win. That is what I will remember from this trip. The hotel pool will always win. When I'm in this thing where I did all the things, y'all, I surprised them. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like we told them. Yeah, to- tell me about how the surprise went. You told me you were going to surprise them. Because <laughs> this is helpful to me, too, because I want to bring my guy there at some point, And I wonder if I should surprise him. This is the thing. If you do it between the ages of, like, say, three and six, don't surprise them. Okay. Why is that? In your opinion, why is that? Because they still don't understand, like, I don't know, maybe just my dumb kids. But I don't think they understood, like... We woke them up and we're like, hey, why don't we go on a trip today? Why don't we go to Disney World today? And they were like, what? We're going to go on a plane? I was like, yeah, we're going to go. Let's get our stuff. You know, I had everything packed. I gave them T-shirts. I had like the Mickey ears and the mini ears. And that's really great, Blair. That's really fun. I did the things. But I think that yet again, I was looking at it from my perspective, right, of my adult brain. They're kids. They're three and 5.5. Like, 
their brains can only catch up with so much. I think the fact that we woke them up and told them we were getting on the plane was enough. But then to like add on Disney World, they don't know what Disney World is. Like they don't really get it that it's a place. And when I when we said magical kingdom, forget it. A kingdom? Is there a king? Is there a queen? What is happening? You know, it was like right. questions galore. You know what I mean? So I think that if you're going to surprise them, surprise them when they get it, when they know it, when they're excited. If it's someplace that they have told you that they wanted to go, surprise them then. I wish I'd set it up a little bit better for my kids. So and that also depends, yeah, on the age, which I think is a good point. So we have, and again, I don't know if this is like the influence of society or whatever. We obviously watching movies at home is a, a thing for everybody and, you know, right now. And when I was a kid, it wasn't. There was a VHS tape, you know. That was it. I was born in the 1930s. So it is different. So it, it is a part of their lives much sooner now than they were, than it was when we were kids, I think. I think. Because we're surrounded by it. I mean, you know, my son watched, what it was his first Disney movie? I don't know. Sing? Is Sing Disney or is that DreamWorks? I think that's DreamWorks. Anyway, I clearly am very attached to Disney. But I do want to go because I think it is wonderful and can be magical. Yeah. So when is the best time to take them? I read an article on the familyvacationguide.com, which seems like kind of a fun website, and it's what is the best age to take kids to Disney World? And they said the truth is that there is no magical perfect age. They recommend taking kids to Disney World or Disneyland when they're between the ages of 3 and 12. So that's a wide berth. Some of the things kind of that you're touching on, which is the preschool age. So your son is almost 6, your daughter's 3. So they have, tell me in your experience, Blair, obviously this is your opinion, your experience. Tell me if this sounds right to you. The pros were that they say they have a great belief in the magic and it's incredible to experience the park and all the characters and all the things they did through their eyes. Yeah. Like that is truly moving. Yeah. Did you find that there were plenty of rides for little ones? No. Okay. Like the teacup. That's another thing. It was the lines. It was, you know, the teacup and the Dumbo thing that everyone goes on. Yes. The teacups was an hour and a half. Mm. The Dumbo. And again, the lightning lane all of a sudden was not available. So you couldn't access the lightning lane. And then the Dumbo, I think, was like 45 minutes. And with the lightning lane, (laughs) I'm real pissed about this lightning thing. You can reserve. That's what it was. You can reserve rides. So they tell you like what time to come back or what time to go. Yeah. So you could reserve, but you can only do it one at a time. So we did the Aladdin ride, which my son loved. That was a highlight for him. Great. But it was like a 45 minute wait for the Aladdin ride, lightning lane that. So that means that we can't do teacups or Dumbo. We have to wait. And if we wait, then we miss our lightning lane for Aladdin. It's a mess. We did do the Little Mermaid ride. That was great. But as far as like for little, little ones, I think because there were there were a lot of little, little kids there. I mean, there were newborns. People had their real little tiny babies. Teeny, tiny babies. Teeny, tiny babies. I'm like, I know you ain't doing yourself. Now, did you hear about this rider switch program they offer? So like if one or both of the parents are, as they say, thrill seekers, like want to go on the adult rides, they have this thing called a rider switch program where, say, Blair, you could go on the roller coaster while... Bill watches the kids and then you get off the roller coaster and you switch with him so that somebody's always with the kids and then, but you use the same ticket. Did you hear about that? Or is that really not in your research anyway? Because maybe you weren't really looking to do rides. Yeah, no, I don't know. My husband is a roller coaster ride rider. I am plagued by anxiety and find that life itself hands me enough thrills that I don't need to get. (laughs) 
Got it. I don't need to get on a ride to. I did not hear about that. And we didn't, even if we wanted to, Molly, there was just like the lines were just like too wild to even. Are kids under three free? Or is it three and under? Or did you have to pay for your daughter? It's not three. It's like they say three and under, but we had to pay. Th- it's under three. Three to nine. Three to nine is a youth ticket. Great, great, great. And then three and under is free. Faux free. Faux free. So that's one of the pros to bringing them younger is that if they're little, little, like three and under, it's free. then it's free. And then three to nine, like you said, is reduced pricing on admission. Also, they eat and drink less, so you save that way because they're like every little bit counts at Disney. Yeah, and you can bring the snacks in, too, which is good. That is good. And then some of the cons for three- to five-year-olds, some of the reasons maybe to wait, they can't go all day. Mm-mm. We were only there, like, three to four minutes. Three minutes. Oh, wish. What? No wonder the lines were too long for you. Three to four hours tops. <laughs> yeah, three to four hours tops. And that, we solidly planned that. That's great. So they say, yeah, one of the cons is you just have to prep more as far as like you need a stroller, you need to bring snacks, you'll spend more time in your hotel room. So maybe you're not getting as much bang for your buck kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they also say, hey, that may be more restful for you, too, because you get to take a break. Yeah. And also, like, if you are someone or a family who really wants your kid to remember the memories that they're making, then... They probably won't remember any of this stuff, but they will be able to look at the pictures, the videos with you and have those memories that way. There'll be plenty of pictures. And again, it's even though it's possibly more work for the parents, the parents have, again, that you have the memories of seeing that world through their eyes. So they said that's kind of a pro, but it is more work. It is more work. It's more strollers. It's more snacks. It's more breaks. It's more whining. It's more possible meltdowns during nap time. One thing they suggest For this group and also the next age group, which is elementary school age, age six to nine, is they recommend doing either early morning or, you know, later in the park Mm -hmm. with this age group, specifically six to nine. First of all, they can't go all day. Second of all, it's hot. And third of all, it gives you time to, like you said, Blair, relax by the pool. Mm -hmm. And the lines aren't as long at the very beginning of the end. Oh, wow. If you rally and get there, the lines aren't as long. That's a really good point. Yeah. If you rally, if you rally, if you get there early... It's like term for it. It's like Disney diehards have a term for it. It's like rope drop or something. Oh, like. rope drop. They wrote that in here and I was like, <laughs> rope drop? I did too. I was like, rope drop? What is that? Is that like a mic drop? <laughs> but we would get back to the hotel and hit that pool and the kids were like, this is where it's at. So getting them up in the morning was tough, you know, because you have to get, I think rope drop is like eight or nine. Certain, some early time. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to like. Get there. Park. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're rallying, some families are up at six, so they're like, no big deal. Let me just give you a sidebar right quick. For those of you who are looking to do like family t-shirts, everyone at that park, everyone has a family t-shirt. So there's only so many variations you can have of like mini mom, Mickey dad t-shirts. This is what I would do. Dress your kids up, but you as the adult Wear something that they can see you and not get confused by everybody else. Because I think that the idea is like everyone is in packs. So you can like see the red t-shirt family or the yellow t-shirt family. Everyone is in yellow t-shirts. You know what I mean? Everyone has this just different variations of the same shirt in different colors. Mm -hmm. But one day we went to Epcot and I got this beautiful dress on Amazon. Okay. For like 13 bucks. It's got big flowers on it. It's like billowy. And first of all, I got so many comments. Thank you, Disney World goers. I say, first of all, send me that link. Second of all, let's post the link in the um, show notes. (laughs) Done and done. But 
it also there was one time where my five-year-old had went to like a fountain or something to play in it and he got a little turned around and I saw him but he didn't see me but as soon as like he was like you know had that like panic on his face he saw my dress and he ran right to me so I was like and that like kind of like ticked off in my head like oh maybe like I get the shirts idea I get like the family outfits but wear something that your kid is going to be able to see you in and pick you out in. I love it. That's just like uh, my own little tip. That's the only good tip I got. Blair's tips. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. We're back on Toddler Purgatory. So some more pros of waiting until your kid is between the ages of six and nine, which is the age group we're talking about now. So this is a little older than yours, Blair. So you might want to give us the perspective just of another parent of looking around at this age group. And I know you said there are a lot of little, little kids there. I'm sure that you saw every age, every... Every age, yeah. Everything. One of the pros that this website said is they can do little kid rides and also maybe try out some of the bigger rides if they're feeling adventurous and that could be more fun for parents are they right on you know they kind of described this as like the middle of the two age groups that you know they were looking at in a lot of ways they are in the middle they're not going to believe in some of the magic they might you might get some eye rolling but they're gonna get caught up in moments of magic that you and they were not anticipating totally and i sort of love that idea they can also engage more so In your experience, bringing a three and five year old to Disney World, one of the things they said for six to nine year olds is that there's, they can do more educational programs. They meet the height requirement on more rides. Yeah. They can, they might have more stamina waiting in line to meet those characters because they get what it means. Would you agree? Yes, 100%. They don't need naps. They don't need naps. 
But they said, don't forget to give them downtime. Just because they're out of the nap range doesn't mean they don't need downtime. Yeah. And especially in that heat, too. Yes. You really have to. I mean, it's unfortunate that you're going to take a lot of your breaks inside gift shops, which I refuse to do. So my children were just hot. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that's where the AC is. Oh, yeah. But besides that, yeah, it's important that you you get them out of the heat or they will get them out of the heat and give them downtime. They actually suggest taking like whole days off between like, don't try and do five days. Don't get a five day pass and go to a park for five days in a row. Yep. Even if you're just doing the early morning, late night thing, mm-hmm. that's take a day off. Yeah. That's what we did a three day pass and we did like every other day. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And then like for Epcot, I decided I told my husband had actually gotten tickets for Disney Hollywood studios Uh Uh-huh. And I wanted to go to Epcot. And I thought that we had the park hopper ticket. I didn't know anything. I was too busy packing. (laughs) Um, So we ended up going to Epcot and we went around three o'clock. So it was actually a good time because it wasn't as crowded. I mean, it was still the crowd. But we were able to like, we did dinner that way. We like hopped to the different countries and ate just like little bites and had little five-ounce pours of the different countries' beers, which was quite nice. Oh, that's so fun. And then we caught the fireworks and went home. Make sure you see the fireworks. Ratatouille and the fireworks almost makes me eat all my words. Those fireworks are... I remember the fireworks. Woo! I remember the parade and the fireworks, because I... Even in my little jaded nine or 10 year old brain, I wasn't really that jaded, but I had an older jaded sister and I wanted to be cool. Yeah. So I also was somewhat jaded, but also, you know, again, just seeing it through her eyes is a little different, but I do remember the parade because that was when I got to see a lot of the characters that I couldn't get close to when we were going around in the park because of just people, people, you know? Mm -hmm. So you get to see all of them up there. I remember the dancing, I remember the singing, and I definitely remember the fireworks. The fireworks were so fun. They're so really special. It's really special. They are. They got a special. <laughs> we're poo-pooing Disney, but also we're like, but also the magic. It has its moments. It really does. And I don't, you know, I hate to poo-poo it, but I'm also not going to. I would never lead y'all astray. I love y'all too much to lead y'all astray. Right. And I think that there's, listen, I'm also a bougie woman. <laughs> Where is this going? I own that. I am a bougie, bougie girl. I prefer a trip abroad. I'd rather take that money that we spent and go abroad. I'd rather go to Paris. I'd rather go to Germany. I'd rather go. I don't want to, as much as I enjoyed walking around Epcot, I want to get on a flight and go. And let me tell you this, for the price of the admissions, price of that lightning pass. You can go somewhere else. The price of parking, you can go somewhere else for less. Maybe not right now, though, because airline prices are crazy. They're crazy. Well, one last thing I want to say about this, because I know that I'm feeling the pressure. My son's five and a half, and I'm like, oh, gosh, we missed it. We missed it yet again. Yet again, we missed the sign up. But the last age group we're going to look at, which I know is not the demo for this podcast, but I think it's it bears looking at, is school age. So they say that's 10 to 12 or even older, you know, 10 to 14 and whereas you might get more eye rolling, they're not going to be into like the quote unquote magic of the whole thing. Apparently, it's still super fun because they have so much more stamina. They can go all day if you want to try and go all day. You know, you might not, but they do. <laughs> but you get to do so much more stuff with them. 
So you get to go on the rides. You get to go on the roller coasters. Your husband can go on the roller coasters with your kids then. They'll want to do all the things and go, go, go. And that could be really, really fun too. Again, don't forget to take some breaks here and there. But yeah, these kids are just 100% energy. So you get much more bang for your buck. You have lasting memories that they will actually remember. I remember a good amount of the stuff that I did down at Disney World when I was 9 or 10 years old. Mm -hmm. You can go on the more adventurous rides. They might not be as affected by the magic. Obviously, it's going to be more expensive. My five and a half year old can eat an entire hamburger. So I'm sure when he's 10, he's going to be able to eat three hamburgers. So it might be a little more expensive. (laughs) But you also don't have to buy as many days of tickets because you're going to get more in in one day because these kids don't stop. So I did have moments where I was like looking around at the older kids and their parents were not as stressed. They were chilling. They were chilling out. Drinking their frozen Cokes, catching up with their kids. Their kids were waiting in lines by themselves. While the parents waited in the shade. Exactly. Or on the rides that they wanted to go on. Yeah, that's interesting. Because all these kids have cell phones now, too, so you know exactly where they are. Exactly. (laughs) It's different. That's a different thing. It was like they were carrying their own book bags. Yeah. You know what I mean? There were times where I was like, oh. There's a lot to be said for traveling with older kids. Yeah, for sure. And I honestly don't. And again, I went when I was nine or 10 and I do absolutely remember hanging out by the hotel pool. And that was a highlight still. So even though you get more bang for your buck, maybe you can buy the three day pass and break it up, you know, over a few days. Mm-hmm. They're still going to remember all those times they got to just chill out by the pool and, you know, they'll love it. And read Tiger Beat, or was that just me? Oh, Tiger Beat. Give me a Tiger Beat with NKOTB on the cover and a poster in the middle. I remember when I was a Little kid, and my sister was four years older, is still four years older than me. And I remember her, she had one with Menudo, and we could not believe how handsome they were. I remember Menudo performing at Disney World. Do you remember? No. Yes. It was a special of Menudo performing at Disney World. I remember that so well. Ugh. Menudo was so good. Still are, I bet. I bet they stand up. Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. Menudo. Now that is talent. That is talentia. Let me just also, I got to give a huge shout out to Kingdom Strollers. Okay, what's Kingdom Strollers. It's where we rented our stroller from. It was delightful. First of all, almost everyone had them. But they dropped it off to my hotel and they picked it up from my hotel, which was quite nice. It came with a cooler and a rain poncho for the yeah. stroller. And it had a tag on it that had my name and information. Granted, somebody could have like, you know, called me and been like, I got your stroller for ransom. I'm like, fine. And then it had like a, it said Carpenter family, like on a bigger tag. So I could always find it. It was just super convenient. I felt good knowing that half the park had rented from them. Really clean, really great communication. If you need a stroller, which you will, if you have more than one kid, six and under, rent a double stroller or a stroller from. Okay, so you rented a double. See, I wondered about that. Like, because you can't bring wagons in, by the way. A lot of people, I saw so many people bring wagons in, which I was going to get. Don't do it because they don't allow it. And I saw so many people stacked up, ready to have a day, and they had to go turn the sh- that wagon in for like, a Disney stroller. And those aren't that great. And what about scooters? Because my son is five and a half. So we could probably get away with the stroller now. But by the time we go when he's seven or eight, we can't. He'd be too big for it. 
No scooters? It's like a certain type of stroller and then like that they have. And then if you rent strollers, it has to be a certain type. That's why Kingdom Strollers is great because they have all the proper strollers and stuff that you need that you don't have to worry about when you get to the park. Yeah. If you take D-Man at six, get a stroller because you want to have that downtime. You definitely want. Yeah. He's not going to be able to walk that entire time. He's going to think he can. <laughs> no, there's no way. Well, that's the silver lining. Well, he, listeners, if you, like me, are so worried that you missed the boat, don't worry about it. If you bring your kids between the ages of 10 and 12, 10 and 14, they're still going to have so much fun. As this article said, well, it costs more to keep them fed. They're going to be more adventurous, better behaved, able to sit through a sit-down meal. You don't have to get babysitters. They're going to be fine. And also, they understand budgets, Ugh. which I think is really good. You can give them a gift card. And be like, here, this is your money for the day. Great idea. That is such a great idea because everywhere we went, just trying to escape the heat, it was like, can I get this? Can I get that? Can I get this? Can I get that? I said, one thing. You get one thing only. And then it's constant, constant maintenance of that expectation. Constant. (sighs) Constant. And then they see other kids loaded in strollers, loaded up with stuff, right? I'm like, that's because their parents budgeted this out. We did not. We got the lightning lane. Get in it. So that's where your money went. You can't get everything. So here's some questions to ask yourself if you're thinking, is now the right time to go to Disney? <laughs> do I even want to go to Disney? Or do I want to wait until they're adults and they can decide for themselves? Because let me tell you something. I went to Disneyland in my 30s with a bunch of my friends and we had so much fun. We knew how to drink water and stay in the shade. We knew about sunscreen. We knew about the lines and we said, okay. And if it wasn't okay, we would move on. So those are decisions that they can make also when they're adults. So I think that's part of this episode for me is taking the pressure off of everybody to feel like you have to do it at all. Take it off. Or if you have to do it now. I think take those pressures away from yourself. So here are some questions to think about as we wrap this up here. Will they believe in the magic that Disney creates or are they too old to suspend their disbelief? So that's something to think about. Also, they'll probably be fine either way. Will they enjoy enough of the rides and attractions? And one thing that Blair introduced into this conversation, I think, is the lines. Will they be able to enjoy it? Will they be able to get on the ride? Like, can they get on it? Do we have this kind of time? Will they remember it? Or are you okay with it being through your stories and photographs? How long are they going to last in the parks? How much downtime will they need to avoid meltdowns and tantrums? That might affect your decision. And then, of course, you have to look at the budget stuff. How much money will it cost to get them down there? Ticket prices, food, souvenirs, airline prices. How much use are you going to get out of each day in the park? So those are some questions to think about. Try and take the pressure off yourself that you feel like you have to do it now, you have to do it later, that there's a perfect time to go, or whether you even have to go at all. I know a lot of people in my adult life who have never been to Disney, and they're doing just fine. They're fine. They're doing good. They're living their lives. Thriving. They're thriving. Surviving and thriving. I was like complaining to one of my friends. I was like, oh, I'm never doing this again. And he was like, well, my husband and I are just going to wait till you can just VR the entire experience. I was like, good idea. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Virtual reality means that you may never have to go. <laughs> that's really funny. And you know what? Your two kids are going to go. Maybe you'll go with them. Maybe you won't in childhood, but they're going to go when they're teenagers. Maybe they travel. Maybe they're going to become cast members at Disney. We don't know. Who knows? But they're going to have either the memories, the actual memories of this trip, or they'll have the photographs and they'll have the funny stories you're going to tell for the rest of their lives. So the bugs. I don't know. We did it. We did it for the bugs. (laughs) Also, the bugs broke them. 
Congratulations. <sighs> Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Thank you all so much for being here. We hope to uh, have you back again. If you think of it and can drop a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, we sure would appreciate it. And the biggest thing is to tell your friends. We love hearing from people that them and their coworkers and friends are really enjoying toddler purgatory because we sure enjoy having you. Ain't that the truth. So we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.